Hey everybody, welcome back to The Process. It's roster cutdown day, which means the Bills are thinning the herd to get to the 53-man limit. Charlie and I are going through the Bills roster moves today and telling you which one surprised us, telling you what it means for guys like Tredavious White, who were placed on the PUP, and any outstanding roster battles. Still not exactly sure who's going to play right tackle, still not exactly sure how the cornerback situation is going to shake out, but we are going to get into it here. So thank you for listening, and thank you also to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab, which was recently named Entrepreneur of the Year by the Kenmore Tonawanda Chamber of Commerce. If you want to perform better on the field and feel better afterward, give Ethos a call and tell them the process sank. Nick, my friend, we are one week closer to football season. Uh, Football officially kicks off a week from Thursday. How do you feel? Uh, I'm ready for summer to be over. Uh, only in football terms, not in real life terms. In Buffalo, I know you live in Atlanta where it's hot, you know, all the time. I'm ready for football summer to be over, not ready for real life summer to be over. Yeah, I'm ready for real life summer to also be over. It has been hotter than Hades here. So I am, uh, you know, ready to, ready to get the fall weather, the the pumpkin spice lattes and all the good stuff Gosh. going around here in the good old ATL. So what is fall weather in Atlanta? It's like it goes down to 85 or what? <laughs> Our fall weather in Atlanta is like your spring weather in Buffalo. And then our winter weather in the mornings is very similar to your Buffalo. Some Buffalo mornings, like we get in like the twenties and things like that in the winter. And then by midday, we're like, low 70s high 60s and and some snow sprinkled in every now and then so you know maybe two or three inches a, uh, a winter if that all right that's enough uh, depression <laughs> for one day we're going to talk about uh, bills made their not their final cuts they announced their initial 53 man roster this will change this will definitely change because i guess we'll just start here they don't have a punter on the team. Uh, obviously they cut Matareza last week after the rape allegations against him they had to do it. We don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's, there's much debate left to have on that. That has been hashed out already, mm-hmm. but I think it's interesting almost in the way where if you're drafting maybe a live draft for your fantasy team and you don't have to take a kicker, don't, to, you know, fill that spot with, with more lottery tickets. And then, then, you know, only add one when you have to. So the bills, don't have a punter on their initial 53 man roster. Um, you know, they're going to need one in a, a week from now, but uh, I thought the strategy would be either to, to hold on to somebody and try to sneak them onto practice squad later after everyone else has filled out their roster or the way the bills chose to play it. It looks like Marquez Stevenson who's still uh, recovering from a surgery on his foot. It uh, looks like he's probably just going to head to the pup list. So that should that'll fill itself out, I imagine, within the next few days. But the Bills, holy cow, what a time to be needing a punter. They have several options, it looks like, uh, between Brett Kern, between somebody from Denver, between there's a couple of punting competitions out there. Um, I, I'm I'm still pulling for local guys. I don't know. Brett Kern, Jake. fine. Yeah, I know you, you want some Jake Shum up in your life. Hey, man, I think he is the only correct answer. But uh, Hey, Brian Mormon know. even put out a video. He was, uh, hey, he's still around. Hey, man, you know, if Brian Mormon come back and still, you know, boot the ball a bit, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You know, I'll take Brian Mormon all day, so sign me up. 
Uh, Tredavious White is uh, starting the year on the pup list also. It's physically unable to perform. That means he's out the first four games, and then he can return to practice. So I know Mm -hmm. uh, when we had Dr. Kyle Trimble on from Banged Up Bills, we had talked about uh, very early in the process, we had talked about the fact that we did not think Trey would be back for week one. Um, What are are your thoughts here? It's almost been, been weirdly quiet lately on the Tredavious White front. You know, I think the big thing with that to remember with Tred Davies White, just because he is coming back or can come back to practice week four or after week four mm-hmm. does not mean he is going to come in and play right away in week four or week five or week six, right? It's going to take a few practices to get him going. I won't be surprised if we don't see him till after the bye week. Hmm. Um, and really from what I saw in the preseason, and again, I know it's only preseason, things change and all of that. I'm okay with – holding him out as long as possible to make sure he is hundred percent before you bring him back. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what the bills currently have um, out there. I think, you know, if, if you would have told me two years ago that Dane Jackson is going to be your um, probably your number one defensive back, I would be, be shocked. Um, but you do have Christian Benford who I thought looked pretty good. Um, no, grant he's a guy coming from Villanova, not really known for their football. Um but you did go and you drafted early, you know, drafted a, a defensive back from the SEC, used to those bigger, tougher, uh, stronger receivers, probably, in my opinion, the best conference in all of college football, right? So it, I, I think at this point where Buffalo is going and what they have with, um, with their lineup, um, with, with the guys on defense, I'm okay with them holding Tredavious White out a little bit. Yeah, so when you look at uh, when he could be coming back, week five is Pittsburgh, and you're like, mm, okay, not not a lot of, you know, not sure who's even going to be the quarterback at that point. Week six is Kansas City. That would be really nice to have a number one cornerback for, but I hear your point. Don't rush him back. Week, well, week after me, that is the bye. So let me you know, ask you this on why, Kansas why City, right? Kansas City no longer has um, Tyreek Hill to worry about, right? I mean, who's the number one receiver? Juju. Sounds like Juju. I'm not really worried about Juju too much. I'm more worried about Kelsey, I think, on that defense than Juju. Yeah. But are you really going to put Javis White on Travis Kelsey? No. No. You're probably putting – Definitely Teron not. Johnson. It was first game back from ACL. Right. There. You're probably putting Teron Johnson in that spot, right? I would think. Um, so if you can wait another week, I'm fine with that. I think Kyrie Elam is going to be just fine in that position – um, you know, opposite Benford, opposite, um, um, you know, wh- whoever they want to plug. I mean, plug in guy here, right? They have options to plug plug in that other defensive back spot. I won't be surprised if by, you know, week two, week three, Benford, is, Benford and Elam are your starting hmm. two defensive backs, but I won't be shocked either if Dane Jackson just really balls okay. out. Okay as well right yeah like ben, benford the, was a you know one of those training camp guys that, you know you just kept hearing christian benford christian benford so again six round pick from villanova not not uh you know the huge pedigree here mm-hmm. um i do get what, what did you think about kyer elam in the preseason he was he was flagged a few times for holding seemed a little grabby but i just i keep thinking about the video of his pre-draft interview with the bills and just the look on mcdermott's face when when Elam goes, and I think I take the best notes in the draft. You want to see? Want to see my notebook? And McDermott was just like, "Who? Oh, this is you know speaking my language here." 
So I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to run him out there. They're going to let him have a shot at it. Probably going to be Benford on the bench to start. But I mean, that's, um, I don't know. For some reason in, in your head, you have like it's final cut down day means every roster battle is going to be decided by today. And and I don't think that that's the case. I think we got a, a couple of, of spots here that we're going to talk about. You know, I'll say this when it comes to Kyrie Elam, you know, like you said, he was a little bit handsy, I think, to start the uh, start the preseason. I thought he looked a lot better in the last game. Mm-hmm. Also, um, an extra point of emphasis for the officials this year should be noted. Yes, it is definitely going to be. I think he's in a good system, though. I think he's got good coaching there who is going to really help him um, be able to to be less handsy, right? Um, and, you know, when he comes back, he's going to have Tredavious White there as well, who's going to kind of help guide him. Uh, you know, don't be surprised if he gets some, some you know, PI calls against him early on in the year, but I think that'll settle down as the, as the year goes on. Um, one thing, too, that I heard that I thought was interesting and, you know, that doesn't have much to do with Travis White. I think it has more to do with the safeties in the back and, and, and you know, with, with Poyer and Hyde. Um, the Bills gave up zero catches on a fly-slash-go route last year. Hmm. They only gave up a 19-yard pass interference call. Exactly. Which is, you know, you know, something you would think about in a game where, you know, New England, for example, you know, Mac Jones, why not throw that ball deep? See, see what you could do. Take those chances against a team like Buffalo. But Buffalo is the only team in the NFL last year to do that, which helped lead them to that number one uh, spot as the number one defense in the league. Um, don't be surprised you see a similar performance out of them this year with or without Tredavious White. I think having, in my opinion, the best safety duo in, in the league, um, you know, behind Benford, behind um, – uh, you know, Dane Jackson behind Kyer Elam. I think that's going to go a long, long way for this Bills defense yeah. early on in the year. Okay, I'm going to keep running just through a couple of uh, either cuts or training camp battles and, and just running through maybe who uh, any question marks in the starting lineup and then just hop in with any take you got along the way, right? Okay. So offensive line here looks like it's mostly set. Left to right, Dawkins, Roger Saffold, Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates, Right tackle, I still have as a question mark here. It looks like David Quisenberry had been playing there most of camp. Is it because Spencer Brown is injured? Is it because they think he's better for it than Spencer Brown? What are you thinking on right tackle? You know, I liked Spencer Brown at the end of last year. Um, you know, I think all of Bill's mafia really did, right? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, how can you not like a guy that runs in the end zone and just chugs some random dude's beer, right? <laughs> um, I, I liked him a lot. Uh, I, I think he's a solid addition for Buffalo. I won't be surprised if, you know, there is a bit of that injury still lingering with him that we'll see him later in the year. But I'm okay with whoever they plug into that right tackle spot. To me, the left tackle position is more important. You know, that's Josh Allen's blind side. We've seen too many injuries on that blind side to some good quarterbacks. You know, you, you look at Alex Smith's injury years ago, you know, a few years back, and, you know, so on and so forth. Tom Brady's injury. Um you know, just as long as you got someone good who you could trust protecting that blind side, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. All right, let's move one spot over to tight end. The Bills kept three tight ends, not counting Reggie Gilliam, who's a tight end slash fullback. They kept Dawson Knox, they kept Tommy Sweeney, and they kept Quentin Morris. What that means is O.J. Howard and his fully guaranteed contract got cut. So even whether the Bills play him or they cut him, he still counts – 
against the salary cap. This year, it's $2.6 million dead cap. Next year, 625000 This looks like a miss from Brandon Bean. They brought a guy in, fully guaranteed his money, and it's going nowhere. He was cut. He's gone. He can sign for somebody else for free, basically. I think that uh, the biggest thing with um, um, you know O.J. Howard was, and I think Nate brought it up last time, was his cut, his speed really wasn't there. I mean, I think that uh, being in those guys thought that they could really get something out of a guy um, – you know, who had two uh, Achilles injuries, you know, who thought that maybe he can come um, come back, be a little bit better. You've seen what they've done in the past, right, um, with bringing in guys who have maybe failed elsewhere, either by injury or just by, you know, skill level. Um, and they've had success with that. And I thought maybe they thought, you know, in my opinion, I think Bean and McDermott thought that they could do that again with mm-hmm. a guy like OJ Howard and um, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out. I'm okay with it. I mean, he does carry a little bit against the cap, you know, and they could, uh, they could recoup some of that. If someone else signs him, how it works is the other team, mm-hmm. unless that, unless there's a huge market for him, which I, I doubt it, they're most likely going to sign him for the veteran minimum salary. That salary will basically go back to the bills and they will recoup uh, whatever, 700,000, whatever it's going to be for his experience level. Um, off of off of the the dead space because they're still paying him their two million whatever it is or mm-hmm. all right th- I think it's mm-hmm. even a little bit higher that the cap hit spreads out over two years with the cut at this point but um, he's basically free to whoever wants him I think he you gotta say he's a bust at this point he was drafted 19th overall in 2017 avid listeners of the process will remember in the pre training camp episode uh, I said. Who's the guy with something to prove? It's got to be OJ Howard to me. Yep. Uh, did not prove it, yeah. and and that's that's a shame. He was such a highly regarded prospect. A yep. couple injuries, some weird things in in Tampa with Gronk coming in. He um, may be a guy who you see on a practice squad somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to get a job, but let's be honest. I think Quentin Morris really outplayed him. You know, in the preseason, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tommy Sweeney's got that familiarity already with the system. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what like like it really couldn't have been it had to not be close is what I mean because right. his contract was fully guaranteed and I mean yeah, he, I guess credit to him for you know admitting your mistake and, and not keeping around a guy just because of the salary but you know if they were bringing in a guy for example like a um uh, you know I don't know some scrub tight end off the street that they just you know brought in like a few of the undrafted guys. Mm-hmm. And he beat out a guy like a, you know, beat out an OJ Howard. Then I would think that it was more of a concern there. But Quentin Morris has also been in the system for a while as well. And, you know, about mm-hmm. time that he has finally earned that role, you know, as the number three tight end. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much he plays. I don't think he's going to dress too much this year because you do have um, the fullback who can still go into that tight end spot, right? Yeah, so you he, got Gilliam. You still got Sweeney. Yep. yep. And you still have Sweeney, absolutely. And Sweeney has shown that he can play. You know, he has good hands. He's not, don't get me wrong, he's not an athlete like a Dawson Knox or, or anything like that, but he has good hands and he can block fairly well. So I'm okay with him being your tight end number two, and then you see what you can do with Morris from there. I think, you know, if I'm Buffalo, you have less of a chance of bringing a guy like Morris back uh, onto your practice squad if they were to cut him as as opposed to, you know, if they want to go get a guy like a um, – um, 
like like an OJ Howard back, maybe they can bring him back on the practice mm-hmm. squad. But I don't see them taking up a practice squad spot for him. Okay, all right. Let's just go. Keep going around the offense real quickly. A couple guys who got cut. I would say not really a surprise, but. We'll just go through it here. So a receiver, Isaiah Hodgins and Tanner Gentry were cut. Hopefully you those are practice you, squad guys. You don't see Isaiah Isaiah Hodgins as a surprise cut. I mean, now granted keeping three tight ends, I think, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, they have seven receivers, including Stevenson, is probably IR. So they have six. I mean, I just I mean, those six guys are probably not all gonna see action. So I, if they can sneak them into practice squad, I mean that's that's great. He was a guy who Week one of the preseason, they asked Sean McDermott what his thoughts were on who the best, most improved, you know, player so far in training camp was. And the person that he said was Isaiah Hodgins. Hmm. I thought he had a good camp. I think the biggest issue with him, and if you go back and watch some of the tape of him on um, preseason, in the last few games when they put him on special teams, he could not adapt to that special teams role. Hmm. And when you have a guy like Jake Kumaro who can play special teams, you know, I mean, let's be honest. We know what this coaching staff likes. They like a guy who can come in and be versatile. And you weren't really getting that versatility from a guy um, like Hodges. So, obviously, you keep Kumaro. I think Hodges is the better option in the red zone. Um, I was a little shocked that they kept um, – you know, a few other guys are receiving, you know, obviously McKenzie's going to be in that slot, right? You know, I'm shocked that Crowder really stayed around with the emergence of Shakir and how, how Shakir mm-hmm. played this year or the, this preseason. Um, but I would have rather seen them keep Hodges over Crowder, in my opinion, because you need some height in the red zone. And, you, you know, by cutting O.J. Howard, you lose a lot of that height now in the red zone. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean – all fair points. Uh, running back, they kept obviously Singletary. They kept Zach Moss, and they kept uh, the rookie Cook that they just drafted. That means they cut Raheem Blackshear and Duke Johnson. Were you surprised by either of those? No, I think Blackshear's going to be a practice squad guy somewhere, uh, whether Buffalo or somewhere else. Um, not really shocked by them cutting Duke Johnson. Right? It had to be when they drafted James Cook. I think Duke Johnson, the writing was on the wall for him. You're not going to keep four running backs. I mean, well, I'm sorry, five running backs count Taiwan Jones as as the fourth one, but he's strictly just there for special teams purposes, right? He's not touching the ball at any point in the backfield unless everyone gets hurt. Yeah, that's so, fair. He he's I should have mentioned he's technically on the running back list, but yeah, special team guy. Um, but no, I'm not I'm not surprised by any of those cuts, no. I mean, I still I still go back to how would the offseason be different if they if they Washington didn't match the offer for, for the pass catching running back that the bills had the bills thought they had them, you know, I think the upside though with Diggs, I'm sorry, with cook is greater than the upside with McKissick. Yeah. 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 For sure. It's, it's just so funny. Like they thought they had McKissick and then they probably mm-hmm. go get cook and, and they probably go get Duke Johnson because of that. And then mm-hmm. now Johnson Johnson's cut cooks here. Just interesting to think about. Um, right. Offensive line, Greg Manns got cut. I mean, I don't know if anyone, you know, he was on. I mean, like, he, he, was, he was just roster the odd, projections, but he was the odd man out at that point. I mean, you had to pick someone to cut on the offensive line. He was just the odd one out. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's a practice squad guy. I think he's back practice squad. Now, they did keep uh, Twitter's least favorite player, Bobby Hart. You know, this coaching staff loves Bobby Hart. Remember, they cut him a few times last year, brought him back a few times, yada, yada, yada. He is not my favorite, but. You know, he may, and he could also be a guy who, 
you know, maybe you sign a punter and maybe there's a guy who got cut today that you really like that you want to bring mm-hmm. in on your team and maybe Bobby Hart is that casualty at that point. Yeah, you know what? That's that's what I was thinking. So I was just looking at so the Bills kept nine offensive linemen here. Mm-hmm. Their tackles, they got Spencer Brown, Dan Dawkins, Tommy Doyle, and Bobby Hart. Um, I'm putting Quisenberry as a as a either guy who can play inside or outside. And then their interior guys, they got Ryan Bates, Mitch Morris, Roger Saffold, and they kept Gregory Van Roten. So to mm-hmm. me, I mean, if you found somebody out there, maybe even uh, Leatherwood from Vegas who was cut, former first round two years ago, a first round pick, and they already cut him. I don't mm-hmm. know what kind of shape he's in, but he's got something that, that people liked a lot. I mean, I mean between he, Hart and Van Roten, I mean, you got guys that are likely to be available to your practice squad. He's an Alabama guy, man. You know, I mean, they, they, they've, you know, you've seen how dominant they've been in the years past and, you know, they continue to be every year. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy they look at. However, Jack Anderson was just cut by Philadelphia, who claimed him last year off the practice squad from Buffalo. Hmm. Who was a uh, draft pick, late round yes. draft pick by Buffalo last year. Uh, he's a guy that Bean and McDermott have some familiarity with. But don't forget, Joe Shane and Brian Dable also have some familiarity with him. So he can end up, in, in my opinion, either place. Um, you know, I think you let him clear waivers, and you you can bring him maybe back onto your practice squad if you want to. Um, but a guy like Leatherwood, for example, I see you go after him and you bring him on and allow him to be your um, uh, be on your roster or a guy like Bobby Hart. Okay. Be on your 53. I respect that take. All right. Uh, defense looks to me to be pretty settled. I'm just going to run through it here. Defensive ends. Looks like Miller and Russo are going to start. You got Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, and Shaq Lawson on board. Tackle at Oliver, and I would assume Tim Settle would be your starters, but I, Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips should be in heavy rotation, I think. Any thoughts on line before we move on? No, I think, you know, D-line was the right move. I mean, you know, you're really not going to go do too much there. I think, okay. you know, Bright was kind of on the wall with who they were taking and keeping and all that. Okay. Uh, only other question I really have on defense is maybe when when they're in a three-linebacker set, like who who to you is the third linebacker? They kept, obviously, Tremaine and Matt Milano. They got Tyrell Dodson. They got some rookie draft picture. They got Terrell Bernard. They got Balen Spector and Tyler Menekeh, which is still around. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you put a guy like Von Miller, do you stand him up or put him put his hand in the dirt? In every – any – I mean – you're talking just just a regular without I mean, any situation. If you're, if you're playing a four three type of defense right there, right? Are you bringing yeah. in? Are you putting him up as a linebacker? Are you putting him in as a um um? Yeah, as I a, mean, I'm, a, I'm thinking of a, him just as end. a as a traditional end, but I mean, I suppose by situationally that could that could be a thing. Or if you wanted to move somebody else around or get somebody, you know, Shaq Lawson coming from a little bit more of the middle. I mean, right. I don't know. Lots right. of stuff you could do there, but I don't know. I was thinking, I mean, I suppose this question, given that their base defense would have a slot corner, if there was a, what, an obvious run situation, maybe like who, who, I don't know how often this would even come up, but I guess, I guess third running back could go or third linebacker rather could go couple different ways for me i do, do you think they like dotson are you looking at one of the rookies does it I not really like matter it's not gonna they, happen they have and who was uh who got suspended andre smith so in my opinion andre smith could be that third down linebacker that third linebacker in that position but i don't know you know he's out what six weeks i believe that's right yeah so um 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how often you're really going to use that third linebacker spot either, right? With the way that this defense is built now as compared to last year, do you really need to have that third linebacker in? Or are they going to want to run more of that nickel defense and continue to have, you know, Teron Johnson on the field? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, think really he, think it's just situational, obvious, right. and short kind of stuff. Right, right. I mean, and maybe in, in third and short situations, that's where you put – Von Miller's hand out of the dirt and, you know, put him in the linebacker spot and put a guy like Epinesa or put a guy like Boogie Basham or, you know, someone else down there in the defensive end role to take that, take that spot. I, I don't know. It, it, it could go a number of ways. I think they have a lot of options there uh, with really what they want to do in that position, you know, outside of Edmonds and, and Milano. I think those are obviously the two most important ones there. Okay. And then uh, no real questions for me anywhere else here. My only thought, last thought, you know, we said they need a punter. He really does more holding than he will punting this year. Should we say they need a holder? Yes. <laughs> Look, <laughs> uh, you, you know, if, if I will drive that bandwagon, if you want to, if you want to start it, if they were to drive any, any, or, you know, if they were to have any field goals last season or last preseason game, I'm sorry. Um, from what I heard and read online, it was Case Keenum that was going to hold. Can he back up QB and hold? Maybe. I mean, could. I mean, the, the reason that they stopped doing that was just practice reps with the specialists were just kind of off by themselves for so long, and the quarterback right. was was on the field. So, right. I mean, Barkley was, was – he's probably not going to be – well, he's definitely not going to be active because he's on the practice squad. Well, but... okay, let, let me ask you this about Barkley. Okay, I know, you know, this is really the least important part of, 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 of a Buffalo Bills team right now. Are you taking Barkley – over Davis Webb. I know Davis Webb is obviously, you know, I'm not saying for any other reason other than Davis Webb can really come in, you know, and and, and I thought he did good as that practice squad QB the last few years for the Bills. You know, and him and Josh Allen were were tight, had a really good relationship. He got cut today by the Giants. Is he a guy that maybe you look to bring back on a practice squad over a guy like Matt Barkley? That's interesting, but I think Barkley signed here knowing that they were, you know, well, I don't know what he knew at the time, but, but assuming that they were going to bring in someone else that, and he was going to be the QB three and he seems fine with that. And if you got a guy who's a good locker room guy, whose family even seems to love Buffalo, Josh Allen can lean on mm-hmm. and like, didn't do horrible as a backup. Like wasn't mm-hmm. great. Like didn't do like, I think, I think that's, that's the right fit. So even if somebody's, you know, 2% better on the field for someone who hopefully never plays anyway, like you're, you want the right fit in the culture there. So I would say keep Barkley. Okay. No, I mean, I'm okay with either one, right? I think either one with, with Josh's relationship is, is, is important. Um, one guy who Nick, we didn't mention who was cut today was um, Nick McLeod. Mm. I think it really came down to him and Cam Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, can't... honestly, I was, you know, reading, reading different writers projections, like the, those two guys where it was like either or on mm-hmm. people's roster projections. So, uh, that's I interesting mean, to me. They ended up going with, uh, you know, UB product, Cam Lewis. We always love our local guys. Yeah. And, and, and I'm okay with that. You know, Cam Lewis is another one. We you know familiarity with the system up and down on the practice squad the last few years. Uh, I think McLeod, if they can get him back, obviously is a perfect practice squad candidate right now. Um, another UB product that was cut today, Nick, that I think we have to talk about um, was the running back from Washington. Good Jared old UB. Patterson. Yes, Jared Patterson. Thank you. Uh, was cut today as well. 
Is he a guy you may be looking to bring on the practice squad? That is interesting. I actually had not seen that until you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, what you know, thinking of the Bills, they have three guys, and we said that, that they were going to maybe hope to bring Blackshear back. I mean, what what are you looking for in one of these these receivers? Are you looking for someone to hopefully be a pass catcher? Are you looking for somebody who can, you know, are, are you assuming two people above them would have to get injured and you're trying to find someone with a similar skill set to replace them? Or you're looking for something that you don't have? Um, I don't know. I would assume that they would like a guy like Blackshear who's been in their system already, but... Mm-hmm. Well, I, so, I mean, so here, he, here's my thought with the running back position, right? You got Singletary and Moss, who we've said in years past, who are pretty much the same player, right? They're they're just you know run between the tackles, not a lot of speed, you know they're not going to beat you for long runs, right? Then you have a guy like you know okay pass catchers. Then you got got a guy like Cook who can catch the ball, uh, who's got some speed, you know can break away, uh, you know if given the opportunity. Uh, is a little bit more shifty. Mm-hmm. Moss is probably going to be your inactive guy every week, right? So you have two of the same guys. Moss is going to be your inactive guy. Um, maybe you get a one more guy in there who could be that pass catching back in case Cook goes down. Because if Singletary goes down, you got Moss. If Cook goes down, you don't really have that pass catching back in your system. Interesting thought. Interesting thought. That's just my Madden hat. My, you know, I've been playing the new Madden. <laughs> got my Madden GM hat okay. on. Okay. I mean, do you think thing. Patterson is that guy or no? I, I mean, he could be. You know, I, I'll be honest. I'm not super familiar with him. I didn't, haven't really watched him in Washington. Um, you know, I, I I don't know where that ends up. But you know, we, we we talked about how you know Buffalo likes their hometown guys. Why not try to bring back a hometown guy? A good old yeah. UB product. Yeah. Would have liked to see him bring Khalil Mack back to Buffalo and maybe go have some wings <laughs> with him at Elmo's, but you know, cap hit uh, would be outrageous. Well, Von Miller is a good consolation prize. I feel yes, like. absolutely. So, Nick, is there anyone out there that you feel like who was cut today that uh, you'd like to see the Bills maybe try to go after, you know, and bring in some situation, um, you know, practice squad or maybe sign someone to the uh, um, to the fifty-three man roster. No, I don't really have a hot take for you there. I mean, the only the obvious thing to say would just be one of the punters who was cut today. But um, I st- I'm still feeling Brett Kern. I don't really know what to, what to say there. Three-time Pro Bowler, led the league in punting one year. Okay. Make it happen. Okay. I mean, look, I'm okay with Brett Kern. I'm really okay with anyone you bring in. Like you said, it's going to be a guy who's going to come in and, and just really hold the ball anyway, you know, most of the time. So if you're going to hold, you know, do what you got to do. Um, I, you don't need to shock me and go out and sign anyone, um, you know, who's just going to come in and, and demand more money. I think that was the issue with one of the punters out there. I think that guy in Denver that got cut, Martin, um, they wanted him to take a pay cut, and he said no. I'm like, dude, you're a punter. Him. Like, like, you're not really going to demand that much more money on the open market. I feel no, like, but good but, for him. You know, hey, you know, get, get your bag somewhere, right? Is that what the kids <laughs> say nowadays? Get that bag. Protect your chicken. That's right. Protect your chicken. That's right. That's right. Um, we'll see what happens. Though. I, I, I mean, I think the next couple of days is going to be interesting. I think the Bills want to sign a puncher fairly quickly here, especially given the fact that they are, um, you know, Ryan Lindell wait days away from a regular season game against a very good opponent. And I, we'll, we'll do a podcast next week, Nick, early on next week, where we'll dry, dive into all of that 
week one matchup with the Buffalo Bills. Talk about the upcoming season. But you know, obviously today we just wanted to hop on, talk about what happened uh, today with um, with the 53-man roster and where we think this team may end up. Is there anything else that you think, um, you know, anything else that may have shocked you today? Not today. Something that shocked me within the, the past week, um, obviously outside of the, the Razor lawsuit, was uh, Sean McDermott went on a Barstool podcast, which is very unlike him. And he said some things that he never, ever would say with local media. He mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they asked them, they said they had a ranking of which NFL coach could kick the other coaches' asses, and they picked him third behind uh, Mike Vrabel in Tennessee mm-hmm. and um, Detroit's coach, uh, whose name is escaping me right now, Dan, what's his last name? Uh, you know, I should know this because I've been watching a lot of Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell, Dan I'm sorry, Campbell. Dan Campbell, former tight end. Tight end. I, I, see, I yes. see his face in my head, I couldn't get his name. Dan Campbell. I, Okay, I just so hear him yelling about ripping guys' kneecaps and yeah. You know, okay, I mean, you got you got former NFL tight end who's like six four, six five. You got former NFL linebacker who's like six four, both mm-hmm. big big dudes. And then they picked McDermott third, which is pretty respectable. And McDermott said, "Nope, I'll take them. I'll take them both." Like I'm a you know proud college wrestler, letting that come out. He's yeah, you know. Then he they kind of like laughed about it, and he was almost like not kidding. He was like. No, it's just, you know, a wrestler. You're walking down the street. You think you can kick anybody's tail. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I, I, I think McDermott, I would, you know who I would love to see in a tag team match? McDermott and Mike Tomlin versus Rabel wow. and Dan College Campbell. football teammates. Dude, don't, don't knock, and, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin's got some, got some guns on him. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, they were college teammates. I'm sure they go back. Dude's yoked, man. I'd love to see him and McDermott go at it with, uh, you know, against Rabel and, uh, uh, you yeah, know, he's got like, Tomlin's got like that wise, that wise older guy. Like he would just know like where to hit you to take you down. Then you just have Andy Reid be the special guest referee. Oh, dude. Think of all, think of all the money that they would make on pay per view. There, you go. when that sells on pay per view, you know, you look, you see all these YouTube the stars would like a cut, You're saying, yeah, exactly. Send, send, you know, let us be the sponsor. Let us, you know, get our name out there. Um, they, 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 they do all these, you know, YouTube stars on different boxing matches. So why not, you know, let some head coaches go at it? You know, maybe even how about you know, just keep everyone protected. You can put them in the big sumo suits. Fair, I like that. You know, don't don't want any broken arms. Don't want any coaches getting concussions. Um, you know, in the off season, they're too valuable. Um, but you know, it's funny you mentioned the stuff about Kyrie Elam earlier about how McDermott's face was with him saying that he takes the best notes. Can you imagine what McDermott's face was if he had the notebook and then also said that he was a wrestler in high school? <laughs> might, um, might not, not might not be appropriate for air. I'm pretty sure McDermott would have traded up to like seven just to make sure that they got him at that point. <laughs> Very fair. You know, uh, but I, I'm excited Charlie, for, for Charlie, the year. But before before we go, you, I know you're really dying to talk about the Sabres news. Ah, so you know, I was going to start with that, but I was running a little bit late uh, tonight because my kid would not go down to sleep. But you know, I was saying, you know, hey, any big news today that happened in Buffalo? Oh, Tate Thompson just signed a seven-year, fifty million dollar deal. No big deal. Uh, actually, it is a big deal. Um, you know, after the year he had last year, I think he deserves it. I think he deserves to pay. The Bills, the Sabres have the money to go do it. Go lock up your young core. He's a guy who reminds me, you know, now so much of Josh Allen. He wants to be there. 
you know, he has said it. I want to be here. I want to be here when this team makes the playoffs. I want to be here when this team wins the Stanley Cup. You know, I think your your core really going forward, you know, outside of Darlene and Power, obviously on the back end, up front it's going to be Thompson, Cousins, Krebs, and Tuck, right? Like that's your that's your core up front. That's your four up front, and 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 he is going to be a big part of that going forward. They brought Olsen back for another year. I think him and Olsen had some good um, chemistry going with each other. I'll be curious to see where this season ends up okay. with, 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 you know, I, can, can he live up to that contract? You look at a guy like a Jeff Skinner got a big payday. What happened the following year? Kind of had a down year. Skinner rebounded last year. I think Skinner's, you know, back. I think that's also says a lot about the type of coach that Donnie meatballs is as well. Um, if you haven't listened to it, Nick, I know you're not a big spit and chickless guy. I know, you know, uh, I, I don't really listen to him a lot, but when they were in Buffalo for the Chicklets Cup a few weeks ago, they did sit down with Kyle Pozo. Um, he had a I, lot. I've been, really, told, I've been told I need to go hear that. It was a great interview. He had a lot of great things to say about Don Granado and about that Bills or about that Sabres uh, uh, team and, and really what their vision is going forward as a team. Um, really enjoyed the interview. I, like I said, I'm really not a big, big Chicklets guy. I know there's some of our listeners that are, are really into what the chicklets do and say and all that stuff. I'm not one of them. Um, but I was, I was really into um, really into what, what Oposo had to say. And apparently we've been pronouncing his name wrong all, all, uh, all along. Hmm? The K is silent. Oh, I did know that. Yes. I did not know that. I always thought it was Oposo, but no, the K. Oh, is a lover Okposo of the silent. NHL pronunciation guide every year. You know, uh, know you could definitely sit down and, and, and have a heyday with that. I feel like that would be like a trivia night mm-hmm. thing in Buffalo on how to correctly pronounce, you know, someone's name. Um, but yeah, no, big, big news out of Buffalo. So big, big news for Tage Thompson. Glad to see them lock him up. Uh, the only thing that could be any bigger would be them making a crazy trade for uh, uh, Kane. Um, not Evander Kane. We tried that once. Didn't work out. Mm. Uh, but you know, maybe bring Patrick Kane home. Now he's you know more mature. He's got a kid. He's married. You know, I still don't see it. Just keep his dad out of the arena, like because dad could sit outside or in the nosebleeds. But like other than that, I'm good with with, with Kane coming to Buffalo and you know hanging eighty hanging eighty eight up in the rafters for for years to come. All right. Well, hey guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with the podcast. Remember, if you liked what you're hearing here, please give us a good rating. That helps us. You know, get get picked up more within within searches, within helps people find us, helps our content get out there more. Hey, tell a friend, would you? You like the process podcast? These guys keep it real. They got good takes. It's always something good to be known for, right, Charlie? You know, I think I have good takes. I think you have good takes. You know, so I, I think there's some people out there who agree with us. You know, um, admittedly I, lukewarm takes, but I'm we're okay with that. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm okay if they're not not you know if you don't think they're great, I'm glad that you're at least listening to to our voices, you know, serenade you in your car, wherever you're going, or, uh, or maybe at your tailgate. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Nick, is it safe to say now that we are back pretty much every week till the end of the football season? That is certainly the hope. Yes. Yes. You know, granted any kind of work, things that may or may not come up. Um, I will be involved for the Vikings game this year. So, uh, you know, that is quite exciting. And I don't think we'll be dropping, you know, at least for the first two weeks. I don't, I don't think we'll be dropping anything post game. Uh, unless you want to hop on a podcast, Nick, at uh, 11, 12 o'clock at night. But I know you are a early-to-bed guy. Uh, trying to be. I don't know how successful that is. 
yeah, it's tough. It's tough at our age, you know, but you know, for as much as we got to get up, go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and all that stuff, it's tough to, to go to bed and stay in bed all night. So anyway, Nick, appreciate you getting on with me. Appreciate uh, everyone listening to us. Um, you can find Nick on the old Twitter machine at Nick Veronica or on Facebook at Nick Veronica one. Uh, at by Nick Veronica on Facebook. Oh, I'm sorry. At by Nick Veronica on Facebook. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, after all these years, I think I'd have that memorized by now. You would. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You know, I follow you anyway, so I don't. I just know you as Nick Veronica on my Facebook. Um, you follow me on Facebook at Chowit68. I'm sorry, on on Twitter at Chowit68, or follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. Nick, you want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors? Our sponsors are Ethos Performance Rehab. If you want to feel better, play better, feel better, hit them up. Tell them the process sent you. They will diagnose what's wrong. They will tell you not only how to fix it, but what steps you can take in your life to minimize this problem for yourself going forward. You'll feel better. I promise. Tell them the process sent you. Awesome. Appreciate you guys at Ethos Performance Rehab. Appreciate you all listening to us. Most importantly, go Bills. Remember to always trust the process.